This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Great to hear from you on a couple of items. I've been talking to the Yankee fans who are concerned, and rightfully so. Rightfully so. Not ready to panic yet. Concerned. Concerned. Although, at Triple Black tweets me, you too calm for me tonight, Larry. I'm in shock. I'm panicking. Joey Gallo curse. <laughs> the Joey Gallo curse. It's okay. I don't think there's a Joey Gallo curse. I don't think so. I just think it's, uh, you know, I just think it happens. It's just one of those things, you know, struggling. Anthony's in the mail truck. What's up, Ant? Larry, good evening, man. How are you? I'm doing great, my friend. How are you? Good, good. Um, so, I, I I am concerned. Um, you know, I wasn't concerned at first, but you know this this stretch has been a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, after the start of their season, you know that they had the historic start. You know, I knew there was going to be a lull period. I didn't expect it to be. You know, the way that they're playing now for, you know, Garrett Cole, the last three starts, or two starts, I believe, I'm sorry. Um, And, you know, I just feel like they need a spark. I feel like, you know, the Mets are doing everything right, you know, calling up this this kid. You know, Hicks can't play anymore. That last game showed you I'm mentally out of it, and he is. I feel bad for the guy, I do. But at the end of the day, that's a blemish on on Cashman with with the contract that he gave him. And, uh, you know, I feel like you can't hold on to these prospects much longer. You know, you you have Florial down there. You know, you can can bring up Peraza. What's the worst that can happen? They They bat 400. (laughs) Exactly. They bat 400, you know, the time that they're in the majors, and then they add trade value. So you know, I I just don't understand what they're what they're trying to do. Um, Larry, appreciate you taking the phone call, man. Have a good night, man. All right, you too, Anthony. Thanks for the phone call. I I understand. That's usually what the Yankees have done in the past. Okay, they have. In the past, what they've been able to do is bring up somebody that would give you a flash, give them a spark. Just, you know, happy to be in the major leagues and, wow, just. Get them going, right? Somebody pitchers haven't seen, able to get hot for a couple of weeks. That's all they need is somebody to get them through this next couple of weeks until you figure out what's going on with Stanton, until you can figure out what's happening with LeMayhew. Okay, that, that's, that's what you need. And um, they haven't done it yet. Now, maybe somebody's coming. I don't know, but they haven't got here yet. We'll see what happens. Mike's in Queens. What's up, Mike? Good evening, Larry. How are you? I'm okay, Mike. What's going on? Back-to-back nights, Larry. I'll be here all week. The Mets, a couple of things. I said the Braves will be up there, but to the end of the year, and despite winning four or five, despite winning two or three against the Phillies, the Braves are the gnat, the fly that doesn't go God darn away. You shoot them and shoot them away, and it just does not darn leave. 
Mets, I got two issues. Number one, why in the holy god darn hell, after an hour rain delay, do you put out Carrasco? I, you know, people will say, oh, the Braves did it. I don't care about the Braves. If you all watch sports, you know the Mets have no darn look. So why do you put him back out there? And he gets injured. And this is not second guessing. If I watched the game live, I would say, what the bleep? One hour delay, he's done. Don't risk it. Because what happens the day next day? Now, Walker goes down. In four days, you lost two pitches and two infielders. You lost four guys in two days. Number two, why is Brett Beatty up today? Why did Moreno get the call before him? And why is Moreno playing today, not Beatty? Beatty should have been called up first. Moreno, 0 for 2, two strikeouts, less my checked. I don't care about Escobar's contract. You have a black hole at third base for years. Okay, with Guillaume gone for six weeks, now is the perfect time to call Beatty, give him the keys. You know, you want to put Escobar on the IL for 10 days and rest up. And let the gone kid play. I mean, you'll, you, you need a third baseman eventually, this year or next year. So why not find out now? I mean, what are they waiting for? I just don't get it. Let the kids play Mets and the Yankees. Let the Don kids play and have at it. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Mike. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, hearing what Joe Walter said last night about Carrasco, he had been throwing in the bullpen underneath the stadium. So he was okay. He Not that he was stiff and you sent him back out there. He was ready to go. He went back out there and he just hurt himself. So, you know, I would say – uh, going forward, they probably would not do that again. In hindsight, I think they were really trying to preserve their bullpen and think, okay, we'll see what he, he says he's okay. He's still got velocity. We'll take him as far as we can go, and then we'll come back and get some other folks if we have to. And he ended up really, really, if it hadn't been for rough, they really could have burnt their bullpen out. And then, as it turns out, they had to burn their bullpen out a little bit again tonight because Walker leaves. So that was the scenario with Carrasco. I would think, though, in the back of your mind, you got to say, with all due respect to Buck, who, who listen, as good as he's been, I'm not going to kill him over this. But I do think you have to say, you know what? This is a guy that's had a lot of injury issues, especially over the past couple of years. He's been through a lot in his career, health-wise. Maybe we should just err on the side of caution and not bring him back. I get it. But once again, having having him pitch while the rain delay was going on, and he's saying, I'm still loose, I'm still good, that's why they made the move. So I understand that. Uh, yeah, I, I want to see Batty play. So I'm with you. Bring him up today, put him in the lineup. Let's see what he has. That's what I would lose. That's what I want to see. I've, I've heard a lot about this kid. It's almost, Mike, like what we went through with Peter Alonso. When are we going to see Peter Alonso? We heard about Peter. When are we going to see Peter Alonso? When are we going to see Peter Alonso? When are we going to see Peter Alonso? You know? So we get just when we finally saw him, it was like, gosh, he should have been here longer than this. <laughs> Where's he been? Jonathan's in LA. Hey, Jonathan, you're next on 98.7. Hey, how's it going, Larry? Hey, man, I really appreciate you telling us Yankee fans to calm down. Everything is going to be all right. You know, to stay calm, don't panic yet, which is true. I really do think everything is going to be fine. I'd rather go through it right now in mid August than in late September or in the playoffs, all right? So we're going to go through a bad, bad a bump. Let's go through it right now. And I don't know why everyone is pointing the finger at poor Aaron Boone. 
we're doing good. Oh, boom. You never heard boom. Nothing wrong about boom. Now everyone wants boom now. You know, he gets the, he gets the orders from upstairs. Boom is doing his job. He, he's actually, he ha, he do, he has to, he's saying what he has to say. And I really appreciate that about him. And I do think they must do that. And I also do think they should bring up Peraza. Oh, you never know. Look at in 2017. They brought up Severino. They brought up Judge. The rest of the series one went away from uh, from the World Series. So let's stay calm. Not panic yet, like you say, Larry. And uh, we should bring up Peraza, maybe another rook or two. And let's go. Let's get ready for October. Still early. Still early. Thank you so much, Larry. Have a good one. Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for weighing in. Yeah, I agree. I'd like to see some of these kids play. Let's see what they have. Listen, it can't get worse than what it is right now as far as you offensively. One run in 27 innings. Okay, I get it. Maybe we don't want these guys to come up. They're not the, they're not the savior. They're not this. I, I understand the apprehension in theory. I do. But this prolonged streak now is, is something dangerous. Okay, it's a little dangerous. And it is a concern. Because here's what's happening. For Yankee fans, this is a tape, a video that's going on in their minds of like, it's the playoffs already. If they're not if they're struggling now against these teams where they can't hit, what are they gonna do when they face elite pitching? What are they gonna do when they face Houston? What are they gonna do? What the, Yankee fans are saying, what did we do when we faced Houston when we had the guys here? So now what's going to happen? 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. All right, let's go to the ballpark. For those of you on hold, I'll get to you in a second. Right now, we're headed to Yankee Stadium and down to Atlanta. We begin in the Bronx, where the Yankees lose again by the score of 3-1. to one. one run in 27 innings. Aaron Boone was asked, were you okay with the approach of the team offensively? I mean, I, mean, I thought we were a little better than last night. You know, Springs, I thought, threw the ball well. Kept us off balance with his, you know, fastball changeup combination. Had a couple opportunities there. Could still just can't, you know, break through with that big one. Part of that's, you know, Tampa pitch as well. And they're lined up today to, uh, I thought Benny put together a really good at bat where he almost got Rayleigh there. Tough left on left where, you know, I thought he, the, the at bat was really good and, you know, just missed hitting in the seats to tie it up. Um, you know, I thought Judge, he just missed a couple balls that he probably, he got pitches to handle and put them on the ground. Glaber had a couple more good at-bats. Good to see J.D. get a hit, you know. But, you know, obviously we got to be able to do more. No question about it. So, Aaron, how frustrating has this been for the offense? Yeah, we're all, you know, we're all frustrated. Um, but you can't let the frustration get in your way of, of you know, preparing and, you know, getting ready to go every night you know we got a few guys that are, are in a rut we gotta we gotta prepare and get ready and fight our way out of it you know it's part of it and uh you know it's no fun when you're going through it but that's where we are right now yeah and hopefully they can get out of it soon if you're a yankee fan let's talk to the other aaron in that clubhouse that's aaron judge are you confident your team will turn things around offensively and get some wins oh just the, the players we got in this room um 
you know, we got a lot of great ball players here that have a great track record. And, um, you know, like I said before, we, we're going to go through a little stretch like this, but it's it's how we come back up the next day and respond. So, you know, we're able to get the win tonight. Um, you know, after the first inning where Nestor gave up three, you know, he, he you know, went out there and did his thing, and we just couldn't, you know, couldn't scratch anything, up, you know, off of spring. Let's speaking of Nestor Cortez, who really pitched okay. Uh, Nestor, were you shocked by the lack of offense by the Yankees? It's a little surprising, obviously, with the with the kind of you know hitters we have and uh, the guys in that lineup. Uh, I think it's it's shocked everybody. Um, but I, like I said, I think uh, these guys are capable of doing a lot of good things, like they have been in the first half. And you know, I, I don't think it's a, a problem for us now. I think we're we're going to turn around. Nestor Cortez, seven innings, four hits, three runs, all earned, three strikeouts. 97 pitches, 66 for strikes. His ERA is 2.74. So, I mean, he did a nice job. Had 13 out of 25 first. He had faced 25 batters, 13 first pitch strikes. He just made one mistake that first inning. That was it. And unfortunately for him, it cost him. It cost him. All right, let's head down to Atlanta. Buck Showalter addressed the media and was asked, any concern pulling your starter early for the second consecutive game? Sure there is. As long as we have to take a pitcher out of the game. Yeah. Of course there is. But, uh, you know, he's had some summer things that resolve fairly quickly. I hope that's the case. As you sit here right now, do you expect him to be able to make his oh, it's, it's too early to tell. We'll probably get some imaging tomorrow just to be on the safe side. I'm not sure. I haven't gotten too in-depth with the trainers yet. Just got, you know... My question to them was yes or no. No? Okay, I'll get another pitcher in there. So, you know, we'll get our arms around it in the next couple hours and see what, what direction we can go. See the kind of cooperation we get medically. You know, there's other people that need testing too. Might have a priority. All right, that's Buck Walter. Yeah, another pitcher gone. Tyrone Walker left in the second inning with back spasms, and he weighed in on his injury. Cover first. Um been down, got the ball, touched the bag, and stood up. And as I was walking back towards the dugout, I just started getting tight. Um, walked down, tried to bend over, and when I tried to come back up, it just locked up on me. So that's the scenario there. So as one of the callers mentioned, for the Mets now, the injury bug is biting them a little bit. You got a couple of injuries to your pitchers. You got a couple of injuries to some infielders. Uh, you know, Guillaume is going to be out for four to six weeks. You got Thomas Nito with a illness. Not sure when he's coming back. And we'll get the MRI, as Buck to mentioned, on Tywon Walker to see the depth of his injury. So hopefully things will be all right. But if you're a Mets fan, you have a little hope. You got Max Scherzer tomorrow and on on the in the in the game fin, in the series finale on Thursday, you've got Jacob DeGrom. The question is, Will you be able to score some runs? And maybe we'll see that kid batty in the lineup. That's taking you out to the ballpark. That's a Yankee story on the Tuesday night here on 98.7 ESPN. Let's head back to the phones at 1-800-919-3776. Eric's in the Bronx. What's up, Eric? Hey. I just had two quick points about the Met. Uh, one, I with you on. Uh, you know, I'm glad Beatty's coming up uh, with, with as bad as we've been at catcher. I'd, I'd love to see Alvarez at some point, mm-hmm. hopefully soon. Yep. Um, I mean, you can't get much worse than the offensive production we've had at catcher. So, uh, you know, I'd like to see Alvarez come up at some point. Yeah, I hear, and, you. I hear you. I agree. 
And the second point was, I, I think the last two days, you've kind of seen what this team is missing. They've had a great season. I'm not, you know, I mean, you lose games, it happens. I'm, I'm not overreacting. But you got a guy in Strider who went out and, and talked a lot of trash last week, and you had some bulletin board material, and you go out in, in the last two days and you get punched in the mouth, and you have nobody like a fiery, you know, rah-rah type of guy like a like Murphy used to be, like David Wright used to be, to fire this team up and, and you know, and get them going again to where, you know, they don't want to lose to this team. I think Scherzer is that guy, but, he, you know, he only takes them out once every five days. You need a position player that does that, and I don't think we have that. I hear what you're saying, Eric. Thanks for the phone call. Uh, I think, yeah, I hear what you're saying. I think Lindor's, I guess, the closest to the starters of that. Uh, that that is that kind of player where he speaks to the guys and everything. But really, going into this series, all you needed was a split. All right, I mean, and and listen, you, you had no idea that. Carrasco was going to get hurt and and have the start he had. And the same thing with Walker tonight. Walker was pitching very well until he had to leave. So, you don't know, you may, you know, maybe you steal that game one nothing. You just don't know how that worked out. But fortunately, you've got your two aces going. All right? So, we'll see what happens in uh we'll see what happens on uh, tomorrow night and Thursday night. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Yeah, you know, Hawk, man, I would love to call tonight and talk to you about how George was alive. <laughs> We'd have had Otani, and we would have had, and we would have had Soto. I, I, you know, I, I would love to talk to you about how Teofimo Lopez, if he uh, keeps leaving his left hand down at hot dog, and he's going to get ghosted moving up in a weight class. Mm-hmm. And I would love to talk to you about how uh, the Philadelphia 76ers are trying to sell us on how PJ Thugger. It's going to be the missing piece to us getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. But listen, when I heard the gentleman call you from South Jersey and he was talking about Wilson, I mean, listen, they're harking back to that Saturday after the draft when I spoke to you and I said, listen, the Jets are going to rule today that they didn't um, draft fields. I'm not talking in any type of hindsight. I never wanted Wilson in the first place, Mm -hmm. but I was willing to support him. I I really was. Yeah. But um, I, I tend to listen to players, former players and current players. If you get a chance, play that cut from Garrett Wilson when they asked him what it was like to catch a ball from Wilson. Yeah, he said it was different. Yeah, I heard Blacko. it. We, we played I mean, it last night. Yeah. He said it's different. Yeah, it, it's right listen, there. I, listen, he's there. You know what I mean? Yeah. We, we're just watching from the side. And listen, yeah. and I'm not even talking about my butt. I watch just as much college football as I watch pro football. And, and, and I told y'all that, first, that that was not a good number two pick for him. But like I said – I was willing to support him, but, you know, looking at what's taking place here, it's not just that high school interception that he threw. Dude, they're running around, and even Donald Greco was doing this earlier. Oh, he just had a knee. It's not a big deal. Listen, it's a big deal. It's the second knee injury to the same knee, and it happened because of the same play. He's boneheaded. You know, he thinks he could run around out here. You know, you, you don't know when to get out of bounds. You don't, you're careless with the football. And, you know, let's be honest. I, you know, i got three questions to ask you. For you, for the gentleman from South Yonkers, for anybody else, I, and I'll never forget that day when those people called telling me to get off, get, either get on board or get off. Even uh, the godfather of Jets fans, I recall, he's like, yeah, I want Wilson, that's the guy I always wanted. You hear him now, right? Uh, well, I'm willing to play Flacco. <laughs> just, 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 
And I got three questions to ask anybody who really doesn't have any doubt about Wilson. Is Has Wilson in his first year looked better than Donald did in his first year? You know the answer to that question is no. Second is, how can you evaluate the offensive coordinator, the offensive scheme, or how can Siler sell his program to the rest of the players when this kid is playing as poorly as he's playing? But third, and more, most importantly, and this is what Chris Canty said, and, and I agree with him 1,001%. With this upcoming draft, this is supposed to be one of the more quarterback-rich drafts, you know, in a long time. And if you are unsure about this guy, you're not 100% sure, that's a delicate balance between, like, not passing up on, on a – listen, you got to know when to cut loose with somebody sometimes. And – you know, the sad part about it is, with, with Joe Douglas, I don't really care how good this last draft was. I don't really care. I mean, I'm, and I care when I say that. I'm not saying I don't care. But when you miss, when you draft for need and you still miss, you drafted Beckton when Works was a better player. And guess what? The Jets had more holes in their team than a slice of Lorraine Swiss, and they passed up on Justin Jefferson for Makai Becton, who will never play another game for the Jets, and we all know that, how in the world can you trust – how can he be allowed? How could Joe Douglas be allowed to pick a second quarterback? So this is where things are real shaky. And dig deep, look within yourself, think about it. Is the difference between being a fan and being a fanboy. Sometimes you got to admit when you made a mistake, and they made a mistake, brother. I tell you this, Buddha, and thanks for the phone call. This is going to be an interesting season because if if they put him out there and he is not that guy, will that? Here's the question: Will their record be bad enough that you have to make a different? You have to make a change in the front office. And then here, here's the other question. If you have to make – then does that mean that Salah has to go too because you're going to bring in let's – say, let's say hypothetically it goes bad and you bring in another GM. He's going to want to bring in his own coach. What are you going to do with, what are you going to do with your head coach who becomes collateral damage? Because in theory, the new GM is going to want to bring, bring in his own folks Otherwise, you're going to have the scenario that you've had previously where you've got a GM who inherits a coach. And how does that work? And will they be on the same page? And, you know, or, or if you're the judge, do you take the go by the philosophy of the great Ron Wolf, who was the GM in Green Bay for so many years, in that you keep drafting the franchise quarterback till you get one? Keep drafting them. Eventually, you'll get one. Keep drafting them. Keep drafting your quarterback. It's an interesting situation. It it speaks to, and see, you can have as a quarterback all the talent in the world, but ultimately, it's about your decision-making. And that interception that bad interception, that decision, even though it's the first quarter of a first preseason game, but that decision 
ultimately led to his injury. Because if he hadn't thrown that pick and they had kept the drive and went a little further, whether they had scored or not, he probably was coming out of the game. He was going to do maybe a couple of series and that was it. But by the fact that he threw that pick and it shortened the time, now he ended up going back. But still, all he has to do is run out of bounds. But he loves the off-script plays, love to run, love to run. you got to know when to run. We'll continue the conversation next on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to the best of ESPN New York tonight. Head back to the phones. Lou is in Manalapan. Lou, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. I hope you're having a good night. I am, Lou. Um, What's going on? Hey, listen. You know, I, I'm I'm leaving Yankee Stadium. I, I just worked at Yankee Stadium. Uh, and the Mets lost, obviously. And the Yankees lost. And I turn on the radio and I'm listening to, uh, I believe it was Buddha in the Bronx, just like saying, like, we have to fire Joe Douglas after. Dude. This it's ridiculous, Larry. Remember, you remember when you're filling in for Dave? It was a Saturday. I always reference this when I call you, but it was we were, we were you were talking about why New York teams fail, and I, I kind of made a point about personnel and about building blocks and 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 having the right guys in the room. And when you when you look at the Jets, I I, I mean, yeah, maybe the quarterback, maybe Zach Wilson might not might not become what he is. And, and, and that's a sad story if, that, if that's the way it goes. But, you know, I don't think that's to blame Joe Douglas. I, I, I think that it's just – it's chance. It's luck. It's, it, it's a lottery. You're, you're, you're literally – you're gambling on picking quarterbacks. But as far as his other picks and his other moves and, and bringing in the coaches that he's brought in, and, and yeah, last year wasn't a, a good season. But where, where does uh, – you know, where does a team with the most rookie starters and the most youth, where do they succeed? You know, and we and we've seen it in other in, in other spots in New York. You know, the Knicks had young players playing last year. They didn't do too good. Uh, the Rangers, when they were starting to rebuild, they they had a lot of young players. They weren't so hot. You know, you, you got to give it time and 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 firing GMs and firing coaches after two, three years. It's it's not the right answer. I I'm sorry. Like I think Joe Douglas just needs time. I think it needs patience. I think you know when you're when you're a team like the New York Jets that have failed for so long, it just has to be you know given give the guy the the real shot that he signed up for. Right? He signed up for a five year deal. Give Six. him give him at least four. Yeah, he signed a six year deal. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Lou. Thanks for the phone call. There is a and Buddha's been consistent. There is a frustration among Jet fans that other teams can have success, can pick players. And listen, nobody is 100% on their draft choices. Lou, you're 1,000% right. But once again, it just appears as though, it appears as though that they may have chosen the wrong quarterback. Now, we still don't know. He could he could surprise us. He could come in and do some things differently, right? But once again, we have to wait and see just how these draft choices turned out. Becton did not turn out well. 
Okay, there was other people they could have taken in the draft. They thought Beckton was going to be the guy. He looked pretty good his first season. Uh, wasn't able to left a couple of games. Did come back, left some games, then out a year and then out again. So that turns out it doesn't look good for Joe Douglas. In theory, in theory, it should have worked. There was always concern and debate about Zach Wilson because of where he played, because of the schedule he played, because of his size. There's just a number of different things about him where some folks have first guessed that Zach Wilson was not should not have been the number two pick for the Jets. They should have gone elsewhere. We had the discussion here on whether they should take Zach Wilson or whether they should take Justin Fields. I don't know how Justin Fields is going to turn out. I don't know how Zach Wilson is going to turn out. But it was just the idea of, okay, quarterback with a better schedule and, and more better, better competition is great. Okay, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Then it's, all right, what is the coaching that the player gets when they're here? And when you get them, all right, sometimes it's great, sometimes it isn't. So the, the, the scary thing here about Zach Wilson, okay, is that he just seems to really love, love this off-schedule plays. He's a guy that likes to run. That's where he feels comfortable. He feels comfortable with the off-schedule plays, as he says. He feels, okay, that's the play. No, I, I see something over here. I can run and make some plays. I can do this. I can do that. The concern that you have, which I do agree with Buddha about, is this is the same injury to, to the same – this is another injury to that same knee. Now, hopefully it doesn't bother him, okay, but it might force him to be a little more – to stay in the pocket a little bit longer. And that might not be a bad thing, <laughs> okay? That might not be a bad thing. Now, of course, you're hearing the the, the differences and how the ball is thrown with you know with with the veteran quarterback and the rookie quarterback. Okay, does uh, it? Joe Flacco's been playing a long time, and he's a guy that's won some games. The Jet future is clearly not Joe Flacco. We understand that. But, you know, Gary Wilson was asked the question, what's the difference in the balls? And he's like, well, you know, it's right there with Flacco's right there. Okay, well, he's more experienced. And the other thing is he probably has, well, now he's got a great relationship and, and, and chemistry with him because he's throwing to him more. But you just have to wait and see what's going on with Zach Wilson. But nothing, Lou, gets a general manager and head coach fired quicker than the wrong choice at quarterback. I don't care what organization it is. It's hard to overcome that. It is. It's hard to overcome it. McCagnet didn't overcome Sam Darnold. And, you know, <laughs> you wait and see, and you hope that Joe Douglas and Robert Sala will be able to, um, you know, be able to withstand if indeed, if, if indeed Zach Wilson doesn't respond to how we think he's supposed to be. So that's going to be a whole other question. Mitch is in Edison. What's up, Mitch? Yeah, I'm just calling in. I'm calling because I, I, I agree with the last caller. 
uh, and I'm sort of like New Yorkers' memories. The people in this area' memories are so short. Do they remember before Douglas got here how how messed up the Jets draft? <laughs> like this guy has put us in a real good position draft wise. Everybody agreed that this last draft was one of the best drafts in the NFL. McCon Becton was a good draft choice. He, you don't draft knowing injuries. And in his rookie season, he was dominant a lot of the year. Dominant plays. Dominant. But you don't know injuries. You don't know if somebody's going to get hurt when you draft. He was a good left tackle draft pick. Big mobile. Big and mobile. But you don't know if somebody's going to get hurt. I hear what you say, Mitch. You don't. Thanks for the phone call. And that's why the dra- everybody will acknowledge that the draft is a roll of the dice. You just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, as I said, in theory, he should have been – it should have been a great pick. It should have been the right pick. Okay? It is what's hurt is the comments about him uh, last season when he was hurt and didn't come back. And then there was, well, there's a weight issue. And then, well, what's his, what is his, uh, how, how really, how, how hungry is he to play football? And so on. So you just had so many other things to come up. And when you understand that teams do so much, so much research and so many interviews and so many tests and so many conversations that you are expected to know how your player that you're looking to take in the draft, how that person is going to deal with problems. How do they deal with adversity? You put them through. They ask them all different type of questions. Now, ultimately, let's be fair. Nobody really knows until it happens. Okay? Nobody really knows. But when you when you talk about the Zach Wilson situation, listen to what Keyshawn Johnson said. He said, listen, I I don't know anything, but when I looked at his video against the other quarterback's video, I would not have taken him. And I would not have taken him number two. He was taken too high. It is the same conversation that folks said about Daniel Jones with the Giants. I looked at his video. I saw other people's video. I would not have taken him number six. He went too high. All right? So there's a reason why the general manager – and he has scouts and they sit in the room and they talk and they discuss and they argue and they slam the bang the desk and scream and yell and everything else about who should be who should be the quarterback, who should be the quarterback, who should you take, who should you not take. General manager and the head coach have the final decisions. And so there's something about Zach Wilson that Joe Douglas saw and thought that he would be perfect for this team. Okay? Last year, he looked like a guy who wasn't prepared to play in the NFL. Just saying. Now, it doesn't mean that he can't turn it around. still doesn't. doesn't mean that when he comes back, he won't be a better player after turning over the football on the first series in the preseason. But there's a lot of folks who are starting now to question that pick. And Buddha was one that questioned it from the beginning. He was not a Zach Wilson guy. There were a lot of people who weren't Zach Wilson guys. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.